This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And joining us right now on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books, download the BetQL app today. Is co-host of the Locked On Commanders podcast, David Harrison. You can give him a follow on Twitter at dharrison82. It's your left hand up, David. Uh, my left hand is not up. No, not at the moment. But I do, <laughs> I do appreciate the the song and the you know the effort that went into it. it definitely, I, I dig it. David, do you think if the team continues to win and they go yeah. and do the improbable and say, hmm, I don't know, win out, run the table, and finish the season at twelve uh-huh. and five? Do you, do you think they have to use that as the official new fight song? I mean, I don't know if they have to use it as the official right. fight song. I think uh, last we knew, I mean, Ron, uh, when he was asked about it, I hadn't heard it yet. I'm sure by now he probably has. I didn't, um, I didn't buy that, I mean, by the way. You didn't, you didn't think that he actually hadn't heard it? I, what, does he live under a rock, David? I mean, you know, it's sweeping the DMV right yeah, now. I mean, he's, he's a busy man. You know, coaches, they, they work 90 hours a week and all that stuff, so I don't know. Um, but, you know, I, I think... Anytime you have fans, you know, with this level of excitement, I think it just, you know, it just kind of just shows the amount of loyalty to the team that really runs through kind of the community and, and just the, the blood of any, any Washington fan because, you know, there, there's a lot of teams out there that don't have this kind of loyalty. And I'm speaking from personal experience. I've right. seen, uh, you know, fan bases for teams that are more successful, honestly, that have less of a, a diehard population. So it's, it's good to see. And I'm happy to see that Commander fans are, are fully embracing. You know, it's 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 a moment that they can can enjoy watching this team, and it's, it's been a long time coming. Um, so I'm glad that they're embracing it while they have it. Yeah, it's definitely easy to root for cool and fun songs like that one when you're winning. And, and I mentioned their winners right. of five out of the last six. Go back to Sunday's win against the Houston Texans. What were some of your big takeaways from that? Uh, I mean, just the defense. I mean, I, I just think that with the defense right now, you know, health is always the, the biggest kind of disqualifier of any team. You know, if you if you go back through NFL history and you kind of look at what teams were expected to be really good and then it turned out to not be so great, usually there's a couple of, of key injuries that you can kind of help point to, to to explain why that team didn't do 
so hot. And then into the postseason, uh, you know, I go back to, to last year, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers under the playoffs as the defending champions, and they lose Chris Godwin. Uh, Antonio Brown, maybe an injury of a different type, you know what I mean? They lose their all-pro right tackle. Like, it's just, it's just one thing after another, and, and they end up getting bounced from the playoffs, and even then they still – almost uh, forced to come back. So health is just huge, but as long as the defense is healthy, man, and, and you know, they're, they're getting healthier, obviously, with Chase uh, returning at some point in the near future. Um, this team will be in every single game uh, because of that defense. You mentioned uh, this defense and how well that they're playing. A lot of people point to the obvious guys on the interior, talking about Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, Montez Sweat. Right. But from my vantage point, I know you believe this as well. In the secondary, we're finally seeing this group come together. Uh, last year, they led the NFL in touchdown, passing touchdowns, giving up, talking about the uh, then-Washington football team. This year, much better in that department, much better on third down, much better overall defensively. I understand that this interior has a lot to do with it, but speak to the play of the safety trio right now. And I say trio because I'm talking about Bobby yeah. McCain, Derek Forrest, and Cameron Curl. I mean, they're just, they're, they're so in sync with each other, you know? And I mean, this, this group has always gotten along and, and being on the practice field, you know, you saw them out there. They're, they're all, right. you know, friendly guys and they all like each other. I know a lot of has been said about William Jackson and his departure. And maybe he was a problem. And I think, you know, from a schematic standpoint, X's and O's, maybe he was, but from a personality standpoint, you, you saw it. He was not right. a locker room problem or an issue on the practice field or anything like that. I think, it purely came down to the X's and O's, but now you have a secondary that not only is clicking in the building in the locker room, but they're also clicking on the field. And I think it's just, you know, one one hand is feeding the other, and they're just kind of going back and forth, building momentum. Um, and then the safeties are obviously a huge part about it, and we see a veteran in Bobby McCain kind of get shifted to a new role, uh, for at least for him on this team, not in his career, but a new role for him on this team that he hasn't had to fill in. You know, it's, it's great to see a veteran get shifted to that new role and not take it as a demotion and complain about it. And then that's, that's you know, it's kind of a veiled shot, granted, but it also right. is a very real part of organizational chemistry. So that, that's a big part of it. Derek Forson go out there and know, you know, that, that he sees Bobby McKay on the field. This isn't a guy that's begrudging him, you know, this new role or, or, or holding anything, harboring any ill will towards his good uh, fortune, you know, and I say fortune, but he's earned everything that he's gotten. But then even beyond the safeties, I mean, I go back to, uh, you know, and I wrote this for for uh, for Commander Country, like talking to Benjamin St. Juice and Derek Forrest after the game, uh, and then talking about that interception with ten minutes left in the fourth quarter, where Houston is, you know, probably out of it, you know, the way things go, but they're taking a deep shot, trying to get a big score later in the game, and if they get that, then they're potentially back in the game, and we know how momentum can swing. And just the deliberate nature of it. Because a lot of times I think most people see a play happen on the field and a lot of people probably say, oh, man, Derek Forster is really lucky to be in the right spot. But no, in reality, <laughs> Derek is on the field saying, I know what, what St. Juice is about to do. I know how he's going to play this. And I know the opportunity that might come up. So I want to make sure I'm there to take advantage of it. And lo and behold, it happens. And, and that's how you make a play uh, happen. So these guys are just, they're just clicking with each other, man. And, and they're playing off each other uh, better than I think we've seen this group do it. In a, in a long time. I want to talk about the offense's performance, specifically the quarterback position, David. Ron Rivera mm-hmm. made a lot of headlines uh, after the game, and we saw the report that came out prior yeah. to kickoff on Sunday. Deciding to go with Taylor Heineke as the guy moving forward, officially announcing it. Uh, from your yeah. vantage point, is that the right move? And then the second part of that, how long is the proverbial leash 
uh, for Taylor Heineke as a starter here in D.C.? Uh, it's absolutely the right move. You, you had to go that way. And, and, and the best way I can, I can put this, and I'm down right to avoid the Carson Taylor. I think that's what it is. I don't think it is a Carson versus Taylor. It's just which quarterback gives this team the best opportunity uh, to win. And that's not a stat box thing, you know. And I think the best way that I right. can put it from my observation is it looks like this is a, a roster that is willing to play with Carson Wentz as the starting quarterback, but they want to play for Taylor Heineke. And those are very big differences. Um, and, and I just think that that's the way that the situation is, is unfolding. And you hear Jonathan Allen post game say that, you know, Nick Saban used to tell him all the time in Alabama that the team picks the starting quarterback. And, you know, that's got an underlying meaning to it. I'm not going to put words in John Allen's mouth so you can read into it uh, as you want, but that, that's got a meaning to it as well. Right. Um, and I think that's what it boils down to. And, you know, it, 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 does Carson have a better arm? Absolutely. Like, we've seen it. You've seen it. You know, he's got a better arm. Is he in a vacuum probably the better quarterback? You know, probably. But Taylor Heineke is the better quarterback for this team. And that's just clear. Uh, from the moment he stepped on the field, to be honest with you, that was, that was clear. There's just a new level of energy that this offense reaches. And, I mean, look, five games, not a single drop from one of his wide receivers. And that just kind of shows how much these players step up when Taylor's on the field and improve their game. Maybe it's not something that Taylor is doing specifically, but just his presence elevates the play of others around him uh, because it makes them want to be better. I agree with everything you just said, David, but it's hard for me to ignore some of the head-scratching plays from Taylor Heineke. Obviously, like the the throw on the first drive of the game that that should have been intercepted by Jalen Petrie. How long do you think he can get away with making some of these boneheaded decisions? We've seen it cost this team in a game already against the Minnesota Vikings because, yes, you know this better than anybody, David. We all want to blame John Ridgway for making the boneheaded play on special teams. But if Heineke doesn't throw yeah. that interception, you're looking at a commander's team right now, David, it's probably 7-4. and four. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was a lot of game left when that interception happened, but I think from, a, from an energy standpoint, that interception is, is where they lost the game. I think that most people can agree with that. You know, there's, there's time on the clock and the defense, and I get all that, but from an energy standpoint, I think that's where Washington uh, lost the game. As far honestly, you're not wrong, but I do want to say – that, that interception dropped by Jalen Petrie, which I was such a huge Jalen Petrie fan coming out of the senior bowl. Yeah, so know, to see right? it drop that, my, <laughs> my heart went out to Jalen because I'm like, oh, you're better than that. And he knows he's better than that. But anyway, um, I don't honestly think that was really a, a quote-unquote bonehead throw from Taylor Heineke. I think what happened there is you got a scramble, drill, broken play. And I think he thought, I'm pretty sure it was Terry that was the receiver. Mm-hmm. I just think he thought Terry was going to move upfield in, in the scramble play. And Terry decided to move back towards the quarterback. And they just happened to make, the exact opposite decision at the exact same time. I really think that's what happened there. But I mean, it is. But, it, but you're right. Like there are going to be those moments. And look, Scott Turner has acknowledged it. Ron Rivera has acknowledged it. Uh, Taylor, you know, without saying the exact words, has kind of talked about. You know, I have to minimize my mistakes. And I have to minimize. You know, putting the ball in jeopardy, stuff like that. It's something that everybody is combating actively. But you also, and, and I go back to Scott Turner last week saying he doesn't want to take the stinger away from from Taylor, and that's right. That's a loose quote, right? And I like that mentality of, you know, don't don't change who you are. Go play Taylor Heineke football because that's what makes you exciting. And, and what makes him, again, the right leader for this team is that he's authentic. Like none of it, nothing you see from Taylor is forced. You know, right. um, he, he's not out here playing a role or perpetrating what he thinks that this team wants him to be. He is just genuinely Taylor Heineke and this team loves it, you know. Um, 
So you don't want him to, to stop, start changing the way he's playing. You just want him to start making smarter decisions. And look, there were there were several decisions in the Houston Texans game alone that I think get lost a little bit in the wash because of really how easy almost that game looked for this team to win, starting with the Kendall Fuller pick six. But there's a specific plan. I can't remember the exact context of it, but he's stepping up. And, I mean, he's got the natural I'm going deep motion that a quarterback gets, like a three, like a three-hop step into the throw. And as he's stepping up, a defender comes right up the middle of the offensive line and gets free, and Taylor sees him and shifts in, in you know, the snap of a finger. And instead of hauling that or hurling that ball deep, he checks down short, and, and the commanders get a good gain out of it. That is the inaction intelligence that you've been looking for from Taylor, and you're starting to see it. Now, that doesn't mean there's not going to come a moment, right, where you get that, that oh-no play that you're talking about, but I think you're seeing a, a more – intelligent uh, Taylor Heineke, not just from a practice and preparation standpoint, but from an execution standpoint. David, I'll let you go on this, my man. I understand. I'll I'll put it to you like this. We saw Taylor Heineke for 15 starts last year, and one of his big issues and why they wanted to upgrade at the position was partially because he couldn't push the ball down the field the way that they wanted. And another thing that I felt like wasn't talked about enough was the 15 interceptions. At some point, do you see him reverting back to his old ways? Because I'm of the belief that based off of what we know from Taylor Heineke, based on the big sample size that we have, he's a guy that has the propensity to turn the football over, and that is the singular thing that would kill this team's momentum right now, especially the way this defense is playing. Uh, I mean, I do get the vibe that just the way the football world works, you know, like the way the football gods kind of go, like there's going to be a game. There's going to be a game. Where you, it's bad, Taylor, whatever you want to call him. Uh, you know, you had Ryan Fitzpatrick, you have Fitzmagic, and you have Fitztragic. We right. don't really have a, a nickname for Taylor when he's bad, but, you know, uh, there's going to be that game. And, and when that game happens, uh, I think, you know, all the, the kind of the Carson Wentz truthers are going to come out and say, see, this is the problem, and da da da, and all that. And, and really, from a coaching standpoint, it's just going to be a decision of do you want the guy on the field that's the better static quarterback, just like I said, in a vacuum, or do you want the guy on the field that inspires your team the most? Um, you know, and, and you look, the team name is Commanders. There are, there are three main tenets to kind of the leadership, uh, to what leaders provide and its purpose, direction, uh, and motivation. Look, the, the coaches, they give them the purpose. We know the purpose. Purpose is going to win football games. Right. The direction, that's the game plan. That's the coaching. That's the method. That's the, the which gap are you in, which slot are you running out of, all that stuff. The motivation, sometimes it comes from coaches, man, but right now it's coming from Taylor. And that's a huge part of this this total picture uh, of leading this football team, and he brings a big, big amount of it. So even after that big game, you know, I think that he's earned a safety net of one bad game. You know, he has a bad game, and you still got to give him that opportunity to come in and show that that was a one-off from the Taylor that is now. Everybody gets the chance to grow. Um, honestly, if I had to predict which game that would be, uh, I'm probably going to have to say it's probably going to be next week's game at New York because then you're going to get two weeks. You're going to get everything after that game and the bye week of everybody talking about which quarterback should play the very next <laughs> game against the Giants because you already saw Taylor blow it against New York, and, and, and you can already hear the conversation coming. Yeah. So I feel like if the football gods are going to do this to us, it's going to be in New York where we have plenty of time to mull over every single snap and talk this thing to death before Coach Rivera ultimately makes his decision. And I'll say it now, and I will say it again, if that comes to fruition, if Atlanta goes well and New York is where we see that game, I'll say it then again, and I'll, I'll reaffirm it, that I think Taylor should be the starting quarterback against New York at home because I think he's earned the opportunity to, yes, have a bad game, but also come back and show that he can rebound from it. 
David, it's going to be a hot-button topic moving forward here for the remainder of the season. <laughs> Look forward to talking to you down the road. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. That is David Harrison. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, at DHarrison82. Love talking ball uh, with my guy David Harrison. He's also the host of the Locked On Bucks podcast as well. He's one of the hardest-working dudes in the industry. Enough football talk, man. Let's switch things over to the hardwood a little bit and talk a little bit about the D.C. family, your Washington Wizards, the fifth seed right now in the Eastern Conference. Coming up at about 8.30, NBC Sports Washington Wizards insider Chase Hughes will join us. When we get back, though, how confident are you in the Washington Wizards finishing with the fifth seed or higher? I'll tell you what I think next. This is the fan. Coming up at about 8.30, six or seven minutes or so, NBC Sports Washington Wizards insider Chase Hughes Set to join the program to give us the latest on the D.C. family. They're coming off a big win two nights ago against the Charlotte Hornets, and they're on a heater right now. Don't look now, folks. Your Washington Wizards currently in sole possession of the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference playoff picture right now. Just 17 games into the season. Pump your brakes. But there are good things going on right now uh, with this Washington Wizards basketball team. We'll talk to Chase about that more in depth coming up here in a second. When we get off with Chase, though, the question I'll pose out to you guys there on the MGM National Harbor listener lines, 1-800-636-1067. Twitter and Instagram, you can tap it with me there as well, N-E-L-L underscore BTP. 17 games into the season, which is the fifth seat right now in the Eastern Conference. How confident are you in them finishing out the season as the fifth seed or even higher? We'll take your calls on that after Chase Hughes, but he's coming up next. NBC Sports Washington Wizards Insider. Chase Hughes next. This is the fan. Wizards head coach Wes Unsell Jr. Talking to our next guest, actually, about the injury status of some key Wizards moving forward. Joining us right now on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today is NBC Sports Washington sideline reporter and Wizards insider Chase Hughes. You can follow him on Twitter at Chase Hughes NBCS. What's going on, my guy? How are you? I'm doing well, although I had to hear that buzzer one more time. <laughs> they literally play it every 45 seconds at the end of practice, and it is so loud. I don't know. It could be like half the volume, and it would still do the same like thing that they needed to do, which is like tell them that it's the next drill, but it's literally every 45 seconds. And Wes Unsell Jr. today was like, yeah, there's nothing I can do about it. He's like, I can't tell them to turn it off. It's like, I, I don't believe that. I think right. you can. You're the head coach. Right. I think you got a little bit more pull than that. Look, obviously, the play of this team right now, Chase, pretty damn good. Winners are seven out of their last ten. They currently uh, are in sole possession of the fifth seed right now in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Chase, if you can sum it up in a nutshell here, what's been the cause behind their hot streak as of late? Well, first of all, they took advantage of the longest homestand of the season. Uh, They played six straight games at home. They won five of them, and they beat some pretty good teams along the way. Um, But I think, you know, any team is generally going to be better at home, so that's the first thing. And then second of all, they've gotten a lot better at shooting threes. You know, as of like five or six games ago, they were the worst three-point shooting team in the league, and then all of a sudden the dam broke and the threes started falling. 
and they recently had four straight games where they made 15 or more threes, and that was a franchise record. And it's now five straight games where they've made 13 or more threes. So it's uh, this pretty rare surge for them in terms of three-point shooting. Um, and it's been a long time coming because I think they've had the personnel to be better right. at three-point shooting than they've shown so far. I don't know if they can keep this up, but certainly <laughs> they were waiting for them to break out. And then also the defense has been really good. You know, they've got the seventh-ranked defense in the NBA right now, uh, according to basketball reference. Anytime you have a top-ten defense in terms of uh, efficiency, you're going to win a lot of games. You mentioned the three-point barrage that's happened over the last couple of games. How much does a return of Corey Kisper to the lineup have to do with that? And explain how you think he's looked since making his season debut. Well, he's made a huge impact in that regard because he's shooting 48% from three. That's, I mean, he's I mean, only played nuts. nine. Yeah, <laughs> he's only played nine games, uh, but he's shooting 50, 40, 90 right now. 50% from the field, 40 from three, and 90 from the free throw line. So he's off to a great start, which is a, a really good sign because it's his second year and he missed uh, basically all the training camp. Uh, and through the preseason with an ankle injury, missed the first eight games of the season, but he's already showing improvement. And he, you know, has the pedigree to be their best three-point shooter, so he's definitely helped. But a lot of guys have gotten involved. I mean, Bradley Beal is shooting 38 39% from three on the year. Um, he's dealing with a little injury right now, but he's all of a sudden, uh, you know, broken through from three-point range. And Kristaps Porzingis has shot well. Kyle Kuzma's had some games where he's got hot from three. Denny Avdi has been shooting really well from three. So it's really been a collective effort, and I think it's because the Wizards have done a really good job moving the ball. And also, as Wes Unsell Jr. explained, uh, the better their defense plays, the better they're, they're going to be at making threes because they can – get up the court and transition a lot quicker off a rebound or a turnover than they can when the ball goes to the net and they have to inbound the pass from the, the baseline. Yeah, Chase, an unexpected surprise, I would say, on the, on, the, on the defensive end for this basketball team has been Jordan Goodwin. He has been a revelation ever since uh, he's been brought up and getting minutes here with the injuries that they have in the backcourt. Explain what's made his contribution so special and how much of an impact do you expect him to have moving forward when guys get healthy? Well, it has been special. I mean, if Wizards fans or if any, you know, DC sports fans haven't heard of this guy yet, um, I he think you'll him. probably hear about him soon. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, think he, I think this is uh, this is here to stay. I mean, he was an undrafted guy out of St. Louis University, two-time all-defense in the Atlantic 10, and played for their G League team last year, came up for a cup of coffee, but just looked overwhelmed in a few games I think he played two games. Uh, he, he made his debut against the Miami Heat. But he came back this year just looking a lot more confident, like the game had slowed down for him. And he's just been really good. I mean, he's just a scrappy, high-energy, high-effort defensive player uh, at about 6'3", with a football background. Uh, he's not afraid to, to mix it up with other players. And he plays with a lot of passion. You know, when, when he deflects the ball out of bounds or when he get, takes a charge, he gets really pumped up and, you know, um, I think the, the other players really feed off of that. But he's also shown us he's got, he's got something to offer on the offensive end. He's pretty good at setting others up. Um, he's been making his threes lately. He had a game uh, just a few games ago where he went 7-7 seven of seven from the field. So he's long been known as a defensive guy, but he's putting it together on both ends of the floor. So um, I, I think it's, it's been a really good story for the Wizards because he's undrafted. He's on a two-way contract. 
and because they only used him out of necessity because DeLon Wright right. got hurt. But he's provided something that they've been looking for really for several years, which is just someone who can play physical defense on the perimeter and give them a lot of effort in that part of the in that part of their defense, and he's been able to provide that. Yeah, another young guy on this Wizards basketball team chases their first round pick from this summer, Johnny Davis. Uh, he spent spent some time in the G League, played a couple of games down there. What did you see from him uh, in his extended minutes down there? Well, it's funny when he first got there, he wasn't really uh, you know letting it fly, uh, shooting the ball like the, I think the Wizards front office wanted him to. Right. And then he kind of got over that and was a little bit more aggressive, and he started to shoot better. He's he's really I think. Uh, stood out on the defensive end, but it was a couple of games ago they were playing in Maine against the Celtics affiliate that he had a, a really nice poster dunk. And yeah. I watched that highlight a few times, and it just looked like a different guy than what we've seen in the NBA so far and really what we saw in the summer league and through the preseason. He just looked a lot more aggressive and assertive, uh, you know, attacking the rim off the dribble. I, I thought it just looked like uh, a guy who, who was a lot more sure of himself. So um, that's what the Wizards sent him down there to do, is to build his confidence back up. Because it's really, I think, taken a hit from how poorly he's played in the preseason and, and through the summer league. And, you know, I know you've watched those games. He's yeah. put up some ugly shooting numbers, you know, where he'll start <laughs> the game like 0 for 9 from the right. field, and then he'll finally get one to drop. Um, so they're going to try to see if he'll shoot through it uh, at the at the G League level. And then, you know, he came up and he played in uh, for the Wizards the other night uh, on Sunday and they went over the Hornets. And he, again, looked a little gun-shy. You know, he kind of passed up a few threes. Um, he took uh, one shot. His first shot, he stepped in from the three-point line to the mid-range, and it was kind of off. You know, it was a little strong, and I think his confidence took a hit from that. So for him right now, it's just a young player, uh, trying to get the game to slow down for him and build his confidence back up. Chase, Chris Porzingis and his acquisition last year at the trade deadline, looking back at it now, obviously the Wizards completely fleeced the Dallas Mavericks. But our friend over at the <laughs> Ringer, Kevin O'Connor, wrote a hell of a piece earlier today really highlighting a Chris Stapps' impact on the defensive end. And that's something that surprised us last year in the 17 games of action the Wizards only allow .78 points per pick-and-roll defended by Chris Stapps Porzingis. That's the best mark in the NBA amongst the 25 players who have defended the pick-and-roll the most this year. I mean, are you surprised at the impact that he's had on this basketball team? And do you think he's a fringe all-star, maybe? Well, um, I, I wouldn't say I'm surprised because I think when he's healthy, he's been a really good player. Yeah. Um, but the d- degree to which he's helped their defense, I'd probably say I'm surprised because the Wizards have been uh, one of the best paint defenses in the NBA. I think they're seventh in paint points. And they're just, they've been really good on that end of the floor, I think, because, in large part because of Chris Depp's Porzingis. You know, they're, I think, fifth in contested shots this year, and he's third uh, among all players in the NBA. I mean, so it's not like he, Chase, I mean, yeah, not to cut you off. I mean, I'm shocked, bro. I mean, Chris Stapps is not known for being a defensive anchor. I mean, some people would even call him soft on the interior, man. They call him the unicorn because of his offensive prowess. But what he's doing on defense, man, it has me at a loss for words, and I'm really at a loss for words. 
<laughs> well, you know, when it comes to the pick and roll defense, it's interesting because uh, Wes Unsell Jr. talked about it when they acquired him, and they talked about he talked about it over the summer going into the season. He thought he was a really underrated pick and roll defender. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he he thought his mobility was underrated in that regard, his instincts. He's always been able to block shots, but it's been other parts of the defense that he's come up short in, but. The Wizards have made it work so far, and, and he's the biggest reason why. And, you know, it's funny. The Wizards right now are 10-7. and seven. Last year through 17 games, they were 11-6. and six. And right now, I mentioned earlier, they're seventh in defense. Last year, they were fourth at this time. Right? Right. So, so yeah. we all know that everything <laughs> requires an asterisk and, and uh, some caveats. But if I were to point to one reason why it might be different this time around, it's because they, there was a major change in their personnel, and that change was – the addition of Kristaps Porzingis, who right. is probably the best rim protector they've had in years. And when he's healthy, we've seen the impact that he makes. And you've got Daniel Gafford behind him, who I think can br- provide a similar impact in a backup role for their second unit. And you've got two guys who can protect the rim. And, you know, they're getting a little bit better at uh, defending the perimeter as well. It's starting to to look like maybe something that could be sustainable. Now, I want to stop short of saying it is sustainable because I was saying last year that, right. oh, yeah, they can keep this up. And then we all know what happened after that. But I think Porzingis has made a major difference for sure. Look at Chase Hughes learning from his mistakes of last year. No, I, I was right <laughs> along with you, though, Chase. I mean, everybody was excited. This is a basketball town. As much as the commanders, you know, dominate the news because of the drama, you know it through and through. The DMV is, is an area known for its basketball from the high school levels all the way up to the pros. So if, if the D.C. family can get back in contention, uh, it'd be good for everybody. Chase, I want to let you go on this. Uh, Bradley Beal. Injured right now, dealing with the quad injury that he suffered late in the in the win on Sunday. What have you thought of Point Beal, though? Because a, a couple of games now, we've seen him close as this team's starting point guard in their final lineup. On the year, he's averaging 23 points, a hair under six assists. How much better do you think he is at playing the point guard role right now than he was a year ago? I mean, I think he's better at it, but, you know, the turnovers continue to be yeah. an issue. And, and he knows that he, two games ago he had seven turnovers. And then last game it was so funny. He had five turnovers in the first half, and then he did his walk-off interview, which is piped through the whole stadium. And he was like, i got to cut out my turnovers. And then he didn't have any in the second half. So credit to him for that. But, yeah, he's got to cut down on his turnovers for point deal to really work as well as it, it possibly can. But overall, I think he's had a good year. Like, he's not averaging – the 30 points that he did two, three years ago. I don't think he's going out there and trying to score 30. I think he's right. trying to be more of a, a balanced player, a more efficient player, and someone who can provide more on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And I think he's done all of those things. He's got to cut down his turnovers, but he's shooting um, the most efficiently uh, he's ever shot from two-point range. His, his three-point percentage is up in the you know above 38%. It's the best it's been in years, and he's shooting well from the line. He's getting a lot of assists. And he continues to get rave reviews from West Huntsell Jr. for his defense. So I, I think he's found a pretty good formula for himself. It's just the turnovers are kind of the one blemish right now, and I think he would tell you the same thing. Yeah, I completely agree with you on the, on the defensive numbers. Any defensive metric that you look at right now in this early season, Bradley Beal amongst guards, you know, right up there amongst the elites. And, and I think you may agree with this. This is part of the reason why maybe we've seen his offensive game from a points-per-game standpoint drop off a little bit. He did, He's exerting so much on that end of the floor. I was just happy to see the whole team defending, though, right now. Yeah, no, I think he's definitely trying to become more of like, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be the defender that Jimmy Butler is, but someone right. who scores 20 rather than 30 but gives you a lot more on the defensive end. But also 
the Wizards have created a really nice balance with their shot distribution between him, Porzingis, and Kuzma. All three of those guys are averaging about 15, 16 shots a game. So it's fewer shots than Beal would usually take to get to 30 points per game. So, uh, again, it's about balance and him trying to be more of a two-way player. All right, Chase. Look, I'll, I'll let you go on this. What do you think happens here? Do you think they're a top six team in the East come the All-Star break, or, or is it too early to look that far ahead? <laughs> Who? Well, you know, they just played six games at home, but 16 out of their next 22 are on the road. Yeah. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to uh, be a pretty big test for them. Um, top six in the East come the All-Star break. Um, I, yeah, I'll, I'll say yes. Uh-oh. Why not? I, I think there's a little bit of uh, there's some question marks with some teams that are kind of in their range. Um, and I think that as long as Porzingis stays healthy and, and this Beal injury isn't a big deal, I think they can hover around there for sure. All right, my boy. Appreciate you giving me some time as always. Absolutely, man. Anytime. That is Chase Hughes. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Chase Hughes NBCS, and make sure you. People roaming the sidelines of NBC Sports Washington's broadcast every now and then as well. An absolute budding star in the industry. My man Chase Hughes, always a good conversation when we're trying to talk some ball. We're going to switch things back over to the gridiron because guess what? Final hour of power left here in the show. It's time for Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six teams across the National Football League. That's next. The youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, here with you on this Tuesday night edition of Overtime. Taking you up to 10 o'clock before we dish the rock to the JR Sport Brief show. He'll take you, I guess I would say, on your, your late night drive. But if you're working out there, we appreciate you tapping in, listening with us. Chase Hughes, our good friend from NBC Sports Washington, just hopped off with us. If you missed any of that interview, use the Odyssey Rewind feature and go back to 8.30 for some good nuggets from that. You know how we get down on overtime when I'm in the seat. Star-studded guest list only. Guess who's joining us next? At 9 o'clock, next segment, Big Game Tommy. Tommy Lavero, columnist for the Washington Times, set to join us next. We'll ask him about the burgundy and gold. We'll ask him about the Wizards. It's Big Game Tommy. You can ask him pretty much about anything. So we'll be graced with his presence uh, next here on Overtime. Right now, though, Weekly staple here. Snell's Super Six Pack, my top six teams across the National Football League. That's right. Let's get it going here. The number one team in L Super Six Pack, the Kansas City Chiefs. It's not hard, folks. Patrick Mahomes is the most influential, most impactful player in all of the National Football League right now. Another stellar performance in primetime on Sunday night against division rival the L.A. Chargers. I mean, he just balls in the biggest situations. Him and Travis Kelsey right now. Tyreek Hill who? I mean, are you kidding me? This offense is humming despite missing Tyreek Hill and What they're doing on the defensive side of the football is amazing as well. Chris Jones, the interior defensive lineman for that bunch, putting together a defensive player of the year type resume. The Chiefs, the number one team in Nell's Super Six Pack. My number two team. The stuff. We got a new team in the second spot. The Dirty Birds, the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts and company coming off a big win Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts. I'll steal this from a good friend of mine who who brought this up last night when we were talking. The reason I like the Philadelphia Eagles, 
The reason I'm not worried about the Philadelphia Eagles is even when things go bad, they still find a way to eke it out. Defensively, look, we know the Washington Commanders exposed them on Monday night with their run defense. Howie Roseman, the best executive in all of professional sports, says, no worries. I'll go out and I'll fix it. Nadamakin Sue signed immediately, Space Eater. Linval Joseph signed immediately, Space Eater. There's a reason why the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team or one of the best teams in football right now and the clear-cut favorite in the NFC. What they're doing on defense is special. And Jalen Hurts, playing at an MVP level, he accounted for 80% of their offense on Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts. If you can't slow him down, then you can't beat the Eagles. The Eagles, the number two team in Nell's Super Six Pack. My number three team, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. They'll remain in my Super Six Pack as long as JA-17 is under center. He is a bad, bad man. Yes, he's having some issues with the turnovers right now. Yes, they're struggling a little bit to run the football. Yes, they're a little bit injured on the defensive side of the ball. But man, look, he is a star, and stars are going to rise to the occasion Nine times out of ten, seven days out of the week, and twice on Sundays, and twice on Sundays for real when you're talking about the Buffalo Bills. The fourth best team in Nell's Super Six Pack. My producer in studio tonight, Caitlin's got a hoodie on representing them. Tua Tungavailoa and the Miami Dolphins. I can't get enough of what Tua's doing. They can throw the ball deep. They can run the ball defensively. They traded for Bradley Chubb at the deadline. What are the major holes right now in the Miami Dolphins? If you got one, call in and tell me right now on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. Guess what? Shouldn't be getting too many calls. They're flawless right now. I mentioned defensively, the combination on the edge of Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips are going to wreak havoc come the postseason. And guess what? The Dolphins, 11 weeks into the season, undefeated when Tua Tagovailoa starts and finishes the game. The Miami Dolphins, the fourth team in their Super Six Pack. You know how we do it once we get to pass our four, our top four teams. We'll recap it here. The number one team, Kansas City Chiefs. My number two team, the Philadelphia Eagles. The number three team, the Buffalo Bills. My number four team, the Miami Dolphins. The fifth best team in the National Football League in Nell's Super Six Pack. Commanders fans, close your ears. Micah Parsons and the Dallas Cowboys. They almost ended up higher on this list, and here's why. What they're doing on defense is Nuts. And guess what? Style points matter. When you go on the road and whip your opponent's ass the way they did Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings, you get kudos from your boy. And it's not like they're lighting the world on fire, throwing the ball deep. Dak Prescott right now doing his best Luka Doncic impersonation, being the point guard of the Dallas Cowboys, getting the ball out to his playmakers, CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard, Michael Gallup. And guess what? Rumor has it. Old Odell Beckham Jr. may be making his way to Big D. If Odell Beckham Jr. signs with the Dallas Cowboys, look the hell out for the rest of the NFC. The sixth and final team in L Super Six Pack, my top six teams in the National Football League. Your king, Derrick Henry, in the Tennessee Titans. It's not sexy. They're not getting style points. They just want to punch people in the mouth week in and week out. Derrick Henry right now, the leading rusher in all the National Football League. And that Ryan Tannehill, he's not playing too bad in damn self. Look, the Tennessee Titans, coached by Mike Vrabel, may be one of the most well-coached teams in all the National Football League. 
They're not littered with talent across that roster, but they play hard and they have a clear-cut identity. The Tennessee Titans, the sixth and final team in Nell's Super Six Pack. I'll run it back from the top. My top six teams in the National Football League, Nell's Super Six Pack style, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Tennessee Titans. You know how we get down here on overtime, star-studded guest list only. Big game Tom Lavero joins the program next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 